Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. Tongues will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. And these things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. As a thought for today, if we are the body, right, that's our thing. If we are the body, then we need to love like this. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for this day. Oh, God, we, get, we thank you that we were able to just come to this place or to rise and watch online. We thank you that there are still those who have a heart to worship, Lord God, and a mind to know your will for their lives. So, God, we pray that you will give all of us listening ears and receptive hearts. I pray that you will get up in my speech and in your people's hearings so that they might hear a word that will bless and go deep. Help, oh God, for us, we, we need you so that we might go out into this world and live the word, be the word, share the word, so that your name might be praised and your son glorified and that your kingdom on earth be advanced. And we pray every prayer, every high and every low prayer, every long and every short prayer, in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Redeemer. Amen, amen, and amen. If we are the body, then we need to love like that. Friends, I submit to you that if we are the body of Christ, if we are going to follow in the way of Christ in this world and to lead others to Christ, then we need to learn to love like this. If we are the body of Christ, we need to practice and pursue this kind of love. If we are the body of Christ, we need to seek and to share this kind of love, agape love, a love that isn't a feeling, but a love that is rooted in our faith and in our relationship with Christ. If we are the body of Christ, then this kind of love should be our congregational lifestyle. People, when they think of us, ought to say, that is a loving church. They don't just talk the talk, they walk it. Paul's poetic hymn of love is not an unfamiliar passage. Consider, really consider, count the times you have heard it read at weddings and say to yourself, if I had a dollar for every time I heard this at a wedding, you would have something to spend some money on. But as beautiful as these words are in such a lovely setting, we need to be clear that this is a word that Paul wrote to the church and not to the world. Paul wrote this to the body of Christ. 
And Paul is writing not to just any church, but a church that is characterized by conflict and chaos. The Corinthian church was in crisis, experiencing division and dissension. Let's not forget the source of their breakdown. It, it was their practice of valuing some members and devaluing others. They thought that some members were true worshipers and were esteemed and deemed more important based on the spiritual gifts they demonstrated and possessed. Namely, the gifts of speaking in tongues, prophecy, and faith. And that's why Paul lists those in the text in that order. Because, see, they thought that they were more spiritual. You know there's some people like that. They think they're more holy than all the rest of us. They thought they were more spiritual and better than others, and therefore they concluded that they also had more rights to leadership than others. And get this, this is a gift that you didn't give yourself. You didn't buy this gift. Some God gave it to you, and now you're going to use God's gift to say that you're better than, one other, than another one of God's children. But that's what they were doing in the Corinthian church. I'm sure they insisted that they knew better than anybody else. I'm willing to bet, just given my experience you see in the local church, that every church and every pastor has to some degree or another run into this kind of behavior and mindset in a congregation. I believe that we have all encountered persons who insist that their way is the way. What they want is what we all should want and who try to cloak their self-interest in self-righteousness. It just seems that every church, and I really mean every church, okay? Because every church is full of people. And if you got people, you got some sin. It just seems to me that every church has someone or a group of someones who think that they have the greatest faith that they have the greatest knowledge and the best gift, and yet they can't seem to get along with anybody. They can't seem to work well with anyone. How you going to be so gifted by God, but nobody want to work with you with your gift? Amen? And I'm here to tell you that no matter how great you and your gifts may be or may not be, no individual, no clique, no one gift can accomplish God's work alone, not without the support of the community, not without the body of Christ. I don't care, like Paul says, if you can speak in tongues, if you got so much faith that you can go out there and tell that car, car, I want you to get up from there and go over there. I don't care. Paul says none of that matters. You ain't all that. Not without the whole body. It appears that the Corinthian church must have been filled with many individuals who thought they were all that. Who thought they were super Christians, you know, they needed a cape and some wind blowing behind them so their cape would flutter. People who were just so difficult to work with or who wanted to do everything themselves. That's all right, I can do it. I don't need no help. How you don't need no help? People who were obsessed with being in control. Don't act like you don't know people like that. People who were possessive about holding the best positions 
and having the most influence in the church. This is not your church. People say, my church. You didn't die for no church. This is Christ's church. Belongs to God. And Paul's answer to their obsession with control, their obsession with gossiping, their obsession with status-seeking, their obsession with division and dissension was to call them to seek after the gift of love. Love that was oriented toward others and not always thinking about themselves. Love that was oriented toward how others might feel, how they would achieve unity in the body. That's how they would achieve unity, by loving and through love. Real love. <laughs> kind of like uh, um, Mary J. Blige says, real love, amen? This agape love, this real love, this love that comes from God is, is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. And you got to be careful. I like Mary J. Blige. Amen. I can, <laughs> I've used her song in the sermon. But we got to realize that the world love, that ain't what we're talking about. Because that kind of love will come and go. This love is deeper than being nice. I have told you, nice ain't in the Bible. I looked, and no, I'm, I did. I was at a church meeting, just when I was a lay person, and one of the members, and I love her. She told me, well, Sheila, you're not nice. I agreed with her. I said, I'm not. And I got that strong, exhaustive concordance, and I said, if you can find it, I'll do it. But I do what the Lord tells me to do. And you don't want me to tell you the truth. And if I really love you, I have to tell you the truth in love, not in a mean way. It's not nice. God, Paul is not calling them to be nice. This kind of love is born of the faith we have in Jesus Christ and God's great love for us. It is this love that came into the world while we were yet sinners. It is this love that taught us and showed us what real love is in the ministry, life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is this love that went to the cross and it is this love that raised Jesus from the dead. It is this kind of love that is rooted in the character of God and the way of Christ. And it is this kind of love that will address what is paralyzing the church. It is this kind of love that will heal what is broken in the church and in our lives today. This kind of love is what is expected of disciples. This kind of love is to be the norm of the body of Christ for members. This, this should be our norm, our everyday not our occasion. This kind of love ought to shape and inform everything that we do and how we do it. Everything that we do, our leading, our serving, our speaking, our singing, our doing, needs to be done in the spirit of love, seeking the good of all. If, I, if I'm singing, I ain't singing for myself. I'm singing for the good of all. I'm singing for the glory of God. If I'm speaking, I'm not speaking to get no attention myself. I'm speaking so that God might be glorified and that people might know the love of God in Jesus Christ. If I'm serving as a trustee, I'm serving so that others might be blessed so that they might come and do the ministries that God has called them to do. It is not about me. So often I hear people talk about what we can do for others, how we might help them. 
I got news for us. We is them too. We need help. We need help to know how to love greatly and completely. Like we doing other people a favor. Because if we propose to do anything, if it is not motivated by love, if we have the mindset, oh, we helping people, uh-uh, that ain't right. Paul, and, Paul has told us it, it, it means nothing. It must be motivated by love. If we're going to take food to the homeless, it's not, Lord, you know, we're doing this for the homeless. Oh, bless us. Uh-uh. It's because we are motivated. Those are people whom God loves, and we love them too. Therefore, we're going to go and do something that might bless them and help them. Not because we're doing them a favor. Not because we're trying to show how good we are. No, because we love as God loves us. We can feed every homeless person in Spartanburg, but if we have not loved, God has said it don't mean nothing. Agape love must serve as the wellspring of all that we say and do. And that is what Paul tries to convey to the church at Corinth. You can have all the spiritual gifts you want, but if you don't have love, love for one another, love for the body of Christ, it means nothing. We can have great faith in Jesus, but what good is it if we don't have love? It's fakey faith. We can be prophetic. We can have all kind of powers. We can be as spiritual as we want, but if we don't have love, it profits us nothing. It doesn't advance the kingdom. It doesn't bless the body. It means nothing. Paul informs them and us what love is not. Love is not envious. Stop looking over at somebody else wishing you had what they got. Not envious. Love is not boastful. You don't have to tell everybody how wonderful you are. Let somebody else do that. Love is not arrogant. Doesn't think more highly of itself than it ought. Love is not rude. I have said it once, I'll say it again. Stop giving people a piece of your mind. You might need that piece as you get older. I'm trying to keep every piece I got. Amen. Don't be what in the church, rudeness, really? You'll be short with your brother and sister and cry. Really? How is God glorified in that? Love is not irritable. Now, I know, now, here we might not, sometimes I might want to talk to the Lord about this one right here. It's like, <laughs> God, they get on my nerves sometimes, Lord. But I will share something with you. Because you, you want people to, to come and do and all that other, and you try all this other stuff. But I'm going to tell you today what 
Sister Penny Fisher said to me last year, sometime, I can't remember, with that beautiful smile of hers. And, and you know, our meetings are not contentious, okay? I don't know what y'all know and what y'all experience is, but you can ask Brother Gerard and others. We have a good time. But Penny looked at me and she smiled and she said, don't give up on us. And whenever things get a little rough, I remember that smile and those words. And so I have no place to be irritable. I won't be arrogant because this, this sweet spirit just smiled and said, don't give up on us. Can't love people, can't love God and give up on them. Amen. Love is not resentful. Well, I didn't get my way on that. I'm leaving. I <laughs> really? Going to insist on my way or is the highway? That's not love. Then Paul recounts what love is, and, and we can see that love is action-oriented. Love doesn't just exist with words. I love you. Okay, what you going to do about it? Love accomplishes much. Love transforms. Love renews. Love is, love is kind. Man, I'm, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to be rude to you because I'm going to be kind. Love is patient. I'm going to be patient with you. We're like, will we get frustrated sometimes? Yes, but then love will come up into you and say, oh, now, nah, come on. Love says, you can be mad at me all you want to, but I'm just going to keep on loving you. And you cannot speak to me, but I'm going to keep speaking to you because I love you, even if you can't love me back like that right now. Love, love hopes and believes all things. I'm not going to give up on the church. I'm not going to give up on us because love won't let me do that. This kind of love that comes from God and knits us to God, it is this love that is supposed to knit us to each other, the body of Christ. And it is this love which endures forever. It is this love that cannot fail. That remains through it all. All the conflict, all the stuff, all, everything. Love remains, uh-uh, it's going to endure. Real love endures. It lasts. It doesn't leave. And if we look at our own lives, we know how important love is. We have all experienced this kind of love as part of our congregational life. Even in the most difficult times of here, you don't tell me that you have not experienced this kind of love. You're not going to tell me that there wasn't somebody here who just kept on loving. Even as everything seemed to fall apart, you know good and well there were people who kept on loving. You know good and well there were people who kept on believing. You know good and well there were people who kept on praying. You know good and well there were people who endured Lord, are hurt because they continue to love you. You know that is true. We have this tendency to always look at what went wrong. We always have a tendency to point to who did wrong. Well, maybe we ought to look to and point to those who just kept loving. 
No matter what, there was still somebody who was patient. No matter what, there was still somebody here who was kind. There was still somebody who refused to be resentful and boastful, arrogant and rude. There was a member of the body who was not irritable and who always believed the best, who, who kept hope alive and who endured some mean things and it still has chosen to forget them. In other words, they just kept on loving. I want you to think about those you have known and encountered who have acted from the heart. I want you to think about them right now. And maybe the Lord ought to move on your heart to send that person a little note and say, thank you for loving from your heart. Thank you for being the love that we needed to see. And that I am learning and growing to be. Who showed and shared this kind of love, a love that comes from the indwelling of Christ, that they lived out, they lived it out in your presence and for the good of the whole body? Who was that person? It's good to know that even in all of our struggles, all of our fumblings, all of our failings, all of our sinning, that as a people of faith, it is possible to give and to live out this kind of love. That is what Paul is admonishing and encouraging the Corinthians to do. <laughs> no, no, one, no one practices, no one is fully formed like this. You get to grow. That's what Paul is saying, to practice love. Just means to practice it. Yesterday I was talking to the to the to the to the boys, to the Brooks brothers, and I was telling them, you know, we were talking about sowing and reaping and the effort you put in and, and about practicing and I would told them that I in high school, middle school and high school, um, I was a sprinter. Okay. And I'm built like a sprinter, okay. Um, and I'd be in the weight room with the guys, you know, squats, squats, squats. Calf raises, calf raises, calf raises. Because my job, I was a sprinter and a jumper. My job was to run down a trip 100, 100 yards, fast as I could, or the 220. Or I did the four by four. Jump! Then run down that track, jump, hit the board, I'm up. One day, the, one of the team, and track is an individual, but yeah, the team sport. It's this really kind of weird sport, okay. And one day, the young, the young girl, one of the team members for the uh, mile relay didn't come. <laughs> uh, uh, you got to run around that whole track kind of fast, see? <laughs> and we're drawing straws because somebody's got to take her place. I lost. <laughs> I, did, I didn't practice that race. Can I run? Yeah, but I can't run like that. But, but if I practiced, and that's what the coach later said, like, look, sometimes somebody's not going to be here and someone else on the team is going to have to step in. So now y'all all, all got to practice. So then all of us sprinters had to join the, um, other people running a little distance. Practice. Practice love. 
Practice patience. Practice kindness. You're in that line and the lady up there does not have the correct change. She has got to send her son out to the car to get her pocketbook. Okay, because you know I'm telling the truth, okay? You are behind her about to have one of those proverbial hissy fits. Practice patience. As the spirit is welling up in you that you're about to uh, speak to that spirit of impatience. There have been times that this has happened to me in the grocery store and the lady's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's all right. I can be patient. I can stand here. People moving in and out of the lines, and by the time you have moved to the third or fourth line, the line that you left is already finished, right? Because you weren't patient. Practice kindness. Practice. And I'm telling you, you will grow. If we are the body of Christ, if, if, if we are the body of Christ, our congregational life should be characterized by, and we should be committed to practicing this kind of love. And I'm here to tell you that this kind of love attracts, this kind of love attracts attention and people because everyone knows how important love is. Amen? Amen and amen.